1: It's Light the Tower, your daily look around the world of sports with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way. Say to this one. And Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe. On your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, The Horn. Beautiful, sunny, Friday morning to you. And even for those feeling the sting of disappointments of the last couple of days in Arlington, and you can count me among those, there are days like this that when you wake up, you feel a little bit better, that you're headed into a holiday weekend after all, right? (laughs) Just keep telling yourself that, remembering that. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Light the Tower on the Horn, 1049-1019-AM1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. My name is Craig Way. So glad to have you with us here on this Friday heading into this Memorial Day weekend. So glad to be joined by my co-host, the pride of Northwest Williamson County, a proud graduate of Florence High School. You know him best for his outstanding work at Horns 24-7. That would be Jeff Howe, who was in Arlington and I never saw you. Yeah. I I, yeah, I we never, never saw each other. I never saw never saw you. Now uh, the writers,
0: the writers area and the radio area are on different levels. Which is probably why.
1: That's right. It's probably folks would say it should be right where it be the uh, writers are at, a, are at a at a at <laughs> a higher level than <laughs> the broadcasters. Got me, some ver,
0: got me some vertigo. It was great.
1: Oh man, that's you know, and and for folks who don't know this. Uh, I, and I've heard several Major League broadcasters talk about this, and I've asked Keith Moreland about it, and I've been up in a lot of uh, Major League press boxes myself. I
0: saw more of Keith Moreland in the last two days than I saw of you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the, the way of new way of ballpark construction in Major League Baseball, and a lot of it is really, really cool, the retro designs and everything, as I said right from the start, going back to uh, Camden Yards, which was the first to usher this in mm-hmm. in the early 90s, uh, as I like to say, green seats and lots of suites, because that's that's pretty much the way that it's set up like that. Uh, in order to make both concepts work, lots of suites, yet make it fan-friendly, asymmetrically designed, sections close to the field, all that kind of stuff, uh, they have to build like kind of straight up. Same thing with arena construction as well. If you uh, if you're in the media covering say a game of the American Airlines Center, you're up there, uh, pretty high. No
0: hockey press box. Uh, yes, I didn't go, but the Big Twelve tournament. <clears throat> a lot of man, I told you this at Big Twelve basketball media day that a lot of the KU writers and let's face it, like most of your Big Twelve basketball media is going to be centered around covering Kansas. Yep, right. They were. They were. Pissed something fierce at Big 12 Media Day, and I'm like, What's the big deal? They're like, uh, Brett Yormark's moving the media up to the hockey press box because he viewed typically at the, at the used to be. I've never covered a Big 12 tournament yep. in basketball, but you can see it when you watch it. You know, Fran Fraschilla and whoever's doing the sure play by play, you'll see writers behind them. Uh huh. Well, Brett Yormark decided that those seats are premium seats that need to be sold for revenue yeah. for the league. So the writers were relegated to the hockey press box, which I was told was a less than ideal Uh, setup.
1: Yeah. And, and, uh, I feel them. I understand that. We, I was just, I, I was happy that they kept the radio broadcasters down on the floor to where we could see. That was not always the case at the old Kemper Arena where they had, uh, the Big 12 tournament up until, um, you know, in the 2000s when, when, um, the then sprint now uh, T-Mobile center, which is was, now you't yeah,
0: Kemper like uh didn't they turn that into like a, a multi-court basketball facility now? I think so Some and kind of deal it, like yeah, that?
1: and it's out there by the stockyards and all that other kind of stuff Well, when that arena uh, had had been built uh and well it was built in the mid 70s when they still had an NBA team, the uh, Kansas City Kings. but when the big 12 tournament was there, the director of media relations for the Big 12 would alternate assigning radio crews, two of them down on the floor and two of them up in the suites. And I said, Why is that? He said, Well, we don't have room for everybody. I said, Yeah, you do. You got two rooms. He goes, Well, we got to make room for the writers. I said, The writers aren't having to describe the action live. Okay. And I said, And you would still have room for that. And uh, which was then proven later in the Big 12 that you could have room for all of that mm-hmm. until. Brett Yarmark, decided they needed premium seats. So he said, well, uh, he said, we've got room for two down there. And I said, yeah, why are you sticking me up there? And he said, well, those are higher seated teams. I said, let me see if I got this straight, because the team that I broadcast is not as good as the others. You're punishing me for that. (laughs) He goes, well, we don't look at that way. And I said, how how else are you supposed to look at it? So that that was the deal there. Uh, it, it's a little elevated area, but that, hey, listen—that's a that's a first-world problem thing. And and I, I uh, was talking about yesterday, even as the Longhorns were about to uh, take their second defeat and go home. Uh, I was saying, you yeah, know, we're, not,
0: we're we're not trying to bury the lead here, folks. We we get it. So. No, no, no.
1: I was yeah. leading up to it as like I say, I can go around the garage to get to the barn. <laughs> uh, but uh, so I was so saying so that put it, it. I was going to say, you know, I could I could I miss would miss. Being up there to call games, not only because you want Texas, that from my perspective, want them to advance and win and all that sort of stuff, you do. But in addition to that, just um, uh, enjoying being there, calling baseball games in a big league park, even at that elevated altitude, so to speak, is
0: fun. You never want to, you know, when you the the team you cover and look, we you have to take the emotion out of it. You have to Mm -hmm. treat it like a like you're a sociopath. But for your travel arrangements. You never want to go cover an event and have your team go to and barbecued.
1: You got to scramble to get fun. everything done. I went back to the hotel, packed up, and left.
0: Like Omaha, <laughs> Omaha last year sucked. I mean, it's not, Let me rephrase that. Going to the College World Series is never a bad time.
1: No, it's cool.
0: But having to leave about I don't know seven days before yeah. you hope to be leaving yeah, is, right. is not a good. Now you every, stayed in Arlington last night, right? I did, yeah. And just got up early and, mm, and that's right. cool. I I already paid for this the that yep. night last night in the hotel, so I'm like, sure. well, I might as well. I, I'm the kind of guy. That's why, like, at a, I can't, I can't do the all you can eat buffet, like, because yeah. I'm just like, I'm getting my money's worth here. Mm-hmm. I'm a big, I'm gonna get my money's worth guy. Yeah. So I was gonna get my money's worth out of that hotel, and I did.
1: So Golden Corral's not your friend. No,
0: I can't do that. And plus, now like the older I get, I realize, dude, the all you can eat buffet is just kind of.
1: <laughs>
2: it's kinda,
0: it was it was great. The, the all you can eat buffet was ideal when you were balling on a budget. But you know my my drive my commute. I think this might be the only commute since we've been doing the show. Might have happened one or two other times. Then I come straight in and I got to go through Williamson County,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and passing through Georgetown. Anytime I go through Williamson County, it's mm-hmm. like driving through a time warp. Yeah, like I'm 19 again. Are you really? Yeah. And uh, you know, pass by pass uh, the uh, the the Williams Drive Bridge as I'm going down 35, and I look over to my left. And I see that KFC, and I'm like, man, what would I kill for that KFC buffet <laughs> to be back up and rolling?
1: Okay. All right. Well, it is kind of a buffet, kind of a weekend a little bit, you know, when you think about that stuff that we we do. And I like,
0: speaking of Williamson County, I like this texter that sent me a screenshot of, yeah. they got a potential spam call today.
1: Oh, yeah?
0: It was a call from the pimple on the buttocks of the state of Texas. Oh? That being Gerald, Texas. Oh, would you stop?
1: And, uh, you know, you, you I, I rolled through Gerald yesterday, and there were no issues.
0: Well, you know, they've got travel centers and everything, and you're like, oh, it's, it's nice. It's like the Beverly Hillbillies, right? The people around there haven't changed. They might have some new stuff, but yeah, let me rephrase that. They might have some fancy heating tables and places to get some places to get some good vittles, but it's still, it's still Gerald. You can only you can only polish a turd so much, Greg. It's oh, still a turd. Brother,
1: it was never a turd to begin with. It's a it's a town, just because it was your arch rival. It's not it's not worth denigrating over that. In fact, folks could take the contrarian viewpoint and say they've grown at a much more explosive growth than your hometown of Florence.
0: True, but at least my hometown it's quaint. There's some charm to it over in God's country. It's not as, a whole lot redeeming about the evil side of fn four eighty seven.
1: As State Highway One Ninety Five completely bypasses Florence.
0: It can, if you want to, or you yeah. can just take, uh, take, take business, the take business, take business One Ninety Five. Yeah, Stop. that's
1: how you know you're. By the way, if you're a small town in Texas, that's how you know your town may be in trouble in the future. If you now have a business <laughs> the, route, the
0: business route, yeah. you're
1: getting the business. See effort. a lot
0: of that out in West Texas, Craig. The business, you do. The that's business
1: why I route. said that up in the Panhandle. There's a lot of business I forty. You know, there go you know, through town, which used to be at one time Route sixty six. Went down there through Amarillo and stuff like that. You know, uh, so the, the the more he talks about it, the more I'm convinced with regard to <laughs> Gerald. Meanwhile, Purple Buffalo's daddy says, "Yeah, yeah, we're living rent free in your head there.
0: You know? Rent free. It is cheap to live in Gerald. I mean, you don't have to be a millionaire. I don't
1: know. To live there. Have you seen those developments on that far side?" Uh, the the east side of the interstate, there are new homes just explosively springing up all over the place. A lot of, a lot of growth in Williamson County, all around the county, for that matter. There's there's a lot of growth going on uh, there. My brother sent me a thing the other day that said Georgetown was the fastest growing city in the state and one of the fastest in the united states it said look out greg i said no oh, i'm fine where i am I hey said, okay. speaking
0: of which I, I i like looking around the scenery in georgetown and saying, like, okay what's changed and by the way i still love the fact that you can see the old heb off 35 and 29 that was the storefront for the Foodland and what's eating gilbert grape is a little trivia factory. it's not gonna be there cause... much longer i know the right.
1: new one opens uh end of next week the one right there on university kind of across the freeway it makes me sad to the right side
0: uh, but, hey, so on on the right side of the freeway, though, I know, trust me, folks, we'll get to Texas baseball. Uh, on the right side of the freeway, right where the San Gabriel River is, right yeah. when you get past Williams Drive. Sure. They're building like some con- like high-rise condos or something yeah, over there. Yeah, there's a
1: lot of that stuff. That's it's what it's I'm like. I'm about. like,
0: man, it's a thriving little metropolis over there, is, there off, off the banks of the San Gabriel.
1: And yet you go east and you're right back into the Quaint Town Square and everything else.
0: Going on out to Jonah.
1: If you stayed on University Avenue long enough, past Southwestern and kept going you'd eventually line up in jonah and then in Taylor by the way speaking of the ducks we'll get to it in the uh in uh, our flex 30 update don't D- forget
0: don't forget about Granger now
1: uh we're getting all of that uh coming up in there all right um uh purple buffaloes daddy no growth in Florence nobody wants to live in that as he uses your word heard the T word there so uh so Gerald is similar to Lubbock basically a trump stop with a Starbucks. <laughs> haven't been to Lubbock in a while. There, it's it's a lot bigger than you think it is now. It's it's like, now that has nothing to do about whether you like it or not, or has anything to do with Texas Tech or not. The city itself is growing, so there so there's that. It
0: has. I, can I make this point about Big Twelve cities? And I don't mean to offend anybody that went to this university. Okay. That,
1: see, when you say that, that's the same thing as like in Talladega Nights, where he goes. No offense, but, Bobby, you don't get to say whatever you want just because you say no offense. <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: goes,
1: yeah, I, you dude, know, I've it's just the
0: Geneva Convention. I've had plenty of friends that have gone to Tech, and while the drive out there is just, it's a beating, uh, Lubbock itself, I don't mind Lubbock that really mm-hmm. much. I really don't. But I was thinking about this. I'm like, who would really, like, I've never met anybody that was like, yeah, I really want to go to Oklahoma State. That they're just dying to get to still move to Stillwater and go to Oklahoma State.
1: I think it's more about the the school and the campus than the community because the campus does have some pretty sights on it. I it does, yeah, the, the, the red Facebook. brick
0: everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but I'm like, I don't, I've never heard of anybody just like, yeah, I, I've got to go to Oklahoma State. That's really where I want to go.
1: I know a lot of people who have graduated from there. Okay. They, they like the school. They, they don't necessarily talk that much about Stillwater. It's more about the school. Okay, I just I I mentioned Eskimo Joes, but they're mainly talking about the
0: school. I guess I just need to know. I know plenty of tech grads. I just don't know that many Oklahoma State grads. I, I want to get into that psyche at some point. Yeah. Right, what drew you to Stillwater, to that campus? I got you. You
1: know okay. what I'm saying? Like, it's, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. And so he said it's such a tired take that Lubbock— Sucks. I miss it all the time. See, that's what I was saying, you know.
0: Uh, What's the name of that are. breakfast joint we go to? I forget. the Pancake House? It's the Pancake living. House. Yeah. 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 So simple. I, all I know is this, I've been there three or four times. There's some damn mm. good pancakes.
1: Yeah. So he said, y'all keep talking about the urban development of the area. I'm not sure that there really is much to get into about <laughs> UT baseball. I <They> got
0: destroyed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, they did not. Uh, did not play well, and they've got injury issues. Uh, there's 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 some legitimate concerns for two or three of the players, uh, namely pitchers, and uh, that would be concerns. Going, on. I'm far less concerned about two and barbecue in the Big Twelve tournament. Uh, other than the fact that I think it's it's pretty much a fait accompli. They no longer, uh, I would think, are on the top line for having a shot to host a region. But we're going to hear David Pierce uh, uh, some some thoughts on that coming up uh but uh it's more about the less about the mental more about the physical health of this baseball team right now it's not good yeah, that's the and here it was a week ago. But we didn't know at that time. Can we
0: just get into the injuries real quick? Because I think that's yeah. I mean, David Shaw left the game yesterday, and anytime you hear about a pitcher who's been dealing with some elbow,
1: remember he missed some time speaking to Stillwater mm-hmm. and, and in Oklahoma State, and then he was out for
0: I think three weeks. Yeah, been dealing with some elbow discomfort, and got to what was he? He was like seven pitches in. Yesterday wound he up at
1: seventeen, okay. but but yeah, yeah. I mean, your points made?
0: Anytime you know he the Tom Mendez the trainer comes out and he's gripping the baseball. Anytime you see that, it's like oh gosh, that's never never anything good. So he's going to have right. an MRI. MRI today. Yeah, I don't know if he they had time to do one yesterday, but he's going to have one probably today. Yeah. And uh, I'm I'm prepared, not that I've heard anything for sure, but I'm
1: bracing yourself.
0: Prepared, I'm prepared to. Get the news that we've seen David Shaw pitch his last pitch in 2023.
1: Um, uh, Also, we don't yet know about Heston Toll, who did not even make the trip up there. So they've got to check him out. So there's that. There is Jared Thomas with back spasms. And and anybody saw that swing yet against Kansas where he was just kind of bent over? He looked like a question mark, you know, how he was just, you know, afterwards and really had a hard time. He ended up finishing the game and then he played yesterday as well um uh there'd be concern for that and Peyton Powell who couldn't play his field position yesterday had the DH could not play third base because of a rib cage problem mm. so if there is a positive sign to to being eliminated in two straight there's a little more rest involved uh, they are going to practice some this weekend uh and then of course uh on Monday the uh uh tournament selection show comes out uh, uh, Sunday night is when they find out the 16 uh regional host sites uh, and again I, I would say it's a long shot at best that texas would host but that, all of that will be made official on sunday night and then on monday uh there will be the um uh will will be the selection the
0: field of 64 yep it'll be reveal. announced at that point
1: and i and i will get some interesting things i'll get into some wrinkles about that coming up uh as well but um yeah, it's. I mean, it was definitely a, a, a tough pill to swallow. I uh, I kind of had an uneasy feeling going into the Wednesday game for two reasons. One, um,
0: for the record, I I didn't. I was you know because you're, you're playing you're playing Kansas,
1: right? So. But I also saw that Friday game you in did. Lawrence, and I saw Colin Baumgartner. But you know what Keith Moreland said? He said Colin Baumgartner is one of the top pitchers. He thought in the Big Twelve, he's seven and one now, and he was a Friday night guy, and he won. He won some games over, you know, over some good teams in the Big Twelve, uh, and um, and he was on again. And uh, nothing real fancy with what he's done. It, it's the, the old thing. and I'm not comparing him. Say that up front. I'm not comparing him to Greg Maddox. What I'm saying is his placement, his location of an otherwise not real spectacular fastball but well located kept them off had a good changeup so you had that I uh, I saw that movie I saw that movie it was 3 weeks ago today I saw that up in Lawrence and it was the same type thing and 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 uh and and yet the Longwoods did kind of tough their way through to tie the score yeah at 2 and then you get uh, you know into the 7th inning and then of course um you get to the 7th inning and there's an out, and there's a base hit, and it wasn't a hard-struck ball uh, at, off Travis Staley, who had had a 1-2-3 inning the prior inning. What hurt, I feel, what set up that whole inning was the next batter. Mike Kazuski, a five-pitch walk. So now you got runners at first and second with one out. Chase Jans hits a ground ball that advances the runners. There's two down. The five-pitch walk was what was damaging. Right? Everybody wants to talk about the decision to intentionally walk uh, um, Cody Shojanaga. I, I, I think it's the only decision David Pierce had that time. If he doesn't walk... Cody Shojinaga, who already had two hits and would have another hit later in the ballgame. He's batting 385, and he comes through with a base hit. Then, as a coach in the program, you're getting crucified. You got first base open, and you got a left hander who doesn't hit right handers well come on deck. What in the world are you doing pitching to that guy? So you walk him, then it gets, and then you get a 1 2 count afterwards on Jansen Reader. at the this, plate.
0: Is, this is the decision, and I asked David about this in postgame, this was the decision that I, I questioned. Because if you got a lefty coming up, you've got David Shaw ready in the bullpen, why wouldn't you go lefty-lefty?
1: At that point.
0: Yeah, and I asked David, and David's answer was point blank. He said, there are matchups where I don't like Shaw and Reader's one of them. Okay, then you're... Not only that. you're up to, Then I guess you're up the creek without a paddle at that point.
1: Well, not only that. And I had the, the, the splits right with me. Reader's batting average against right-handers was lower. He's a reverse splits guy. So his batting average against righties was lower than it was against left-handers. Uh, and, and by the way, the other left-hander warming up of the bullpen was Ace Whitehead. I would have liked that matchup better if you were going to go with a
0: lefty you than Shaw. Have, you could have done that. i, I... But in any event, this, this is the, this is the deal with, with tournament play, and you get into this in regionals too. Uh, you think, and, and at that point, you're I don't know if you you probably just are thinking, hey, go ahead and win this game. If Texas was playing that, you know, having to play on Saturday, and mm-hmm. at this point having to beat let's say TCU twice, right? Uh, Boogie would have probably started one of those games. Probably started the first game because yep. at that point you're now you're going. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. Johnny Holstaff and trying to just True. piece it together at that yeah, point. Absolutely. So I don't know if you're thinking, okay, we'll just save him and get him ready, and then you know. Well, he was warming, right? And, but, and Shaw's been here before, so I don't. I yeah. I pro- I might have gone. I might have just taken my chances going lefty, lefty, right there, because typically that's the decision David will make. We see him do it throughout the regular season. Mm-hmm. He likes those situational matchups going lefty, lefty. The problem to me is it's no different really than the problem you had last year and and it really became a problem when you know we saw Dre Duplantier coming back from Tommy John just wasn't the same as he was before mm-hmm. the injury. We know we talked ad nauseum about Aaron Nixon's struggles. There really wasn't a guy. That's why you moved Tristan Stevens to the bullpen at one point. You didn't have a guy up to that point that you could trust to go get you out in a critical situation. And at this point, now with David Shaw, most likely out, Heston Toll most likely out, Those were, you look at the numbers, those were two of your better relievers. Yep i I don't know what you do at this point if you need to have a bullpen hand come in the game. basically if if LBJ and Lucas Gordon can't give you you know one quality start after another and the offense can can give you good production and at that point you're just kind of trying to hang on. uh I, I don't see this being a very long run.
1: well the, the as I was saying the the decision to intentionally walk showed, uh, Cody Shojanaga, I thought was a no brainer you have to do it. Uh, to face a left-handed hitting guy who doesn't hit right-handers well, the numbers showed it, uh, and 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 at that, uh, Staley gets ahead of him one and two, yeah. But nibbled it, it gets it to to three two. He fouls off a pitch, and you get back to three and two. And as Keith Moreland said on the broadcast, lefty's like that slider coming down and in, and it just got right in the wheelhouse. Oh God, he grew it and he did Just he grooved it he blew yeah and and so he knocks it out so that's you know game of inches feet whatever you want to call it there's there's key moments that happen in the other and then in in the case of yesterday uh, it's a one nothing ball game going into the 7th uh LBJ this was the other thing i was going to mention about lucas gordon LBJ and lucas gordon have proven that they can be really high level shutdown starting pitchers when they're on full rest, when they're going a day's less, that now Lucas had done it, had done it, had uh, done it the prior week, had gone on a day's less rest, but didn't throw as many pitches against San Jose State when he went out to face West Virginia, uh, and and uh, I think the same thing with LBJ. So, I I think are both you know hit the point where the gauge was hitting E for them. I mean, Lucas th- didn't have his change up the way he normally did at, mm-hmm. at the start, but he will always, always battle through, and he did battle through to get through five innings there. And uh, and then and LBJ had only allowed the one run, and then, of course, the leadoff man reaches, and then it's to the bullpen uh, at that point, and then it unravels from there, starting with Shaw yeah. having the injury.
0: And I know I know, we'll keep talking about this after the break. By the way, have we, br- have we brought Cam in yet? I don't, I don't think we Why brought Cam in Why don't we Cam bring in yet. our producer? I, Cam, Cameron I'm sorry. We're 24 Parker. minutes into the show and we haven't brought you in. That's 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 a dang coaching mistake on my part. No, it's all right. It was a, it was a pretty frustrating last couple days, I think, for all of us involved, right, including the listeners? We're
1: happy think- to see uh, Dallas Stars stay alive last year. Yeah. Night. You picked the wrong game to go to. Exactly. <laughs> to Game 3 instead of Game 4. I turned to my dad and I said, we went to the wrong game, didn't we?
0: <laughs> Cam <laughs> picked the uh, let's throw stuff on the ice and you know make the city of Dallas yeah. and his fan base look terrible. Um, but you no, know, my thing with the it, kind of big picture with this program, if I'm David Pierce, I try to figure out what the disconnect is with your bullpen. Because, again, a lot of the same issues that were going on last year are going on this year, so... Is it, is it stuff you're doing in the off season and in fall ball that's not connecting? Is it, you know, you're not, is it the kind of guys you're evaluating and recruiting? Is it that whole deal of, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink kind of thing? I don't know. I'm not at practice every day, but I think that's one thing you've got to figure out where the disconnect resides and figure it out and try to fix it. Because something's, something's off kilter. Like we, these guys aren't. It's not that they're bad pitchers. They don't get to a place like Texas and and have the kind of offers these guys had coming out of high school if they were just bad pitchers. I mean, right. and, and with Velo, whatever it is, these guys have stuff. It's just there's a it's it's there's a lot more to being a really good pitcher, especially a bullpen pitcher, where maybe you might not come in a clean inning. There's a lot more to it than just stuff.
1: Right. Uh, and, and to one uh, Texas point on the Specs text line at 337-3776, this is going to be one other point I would make. Now, I, I don't know that it's the uh, same thing. Uh, and, and, by the way, for the person who says Sean Allen, there were all the people that were calling for – Sean Allen to be, you know, to be canonized after the run to Omaha and all the people, the same people who are calling for him to be fired. The next year when they went twenty seven and twenty seven, uh, pitching. Woody Williams is as one of the reputations, and one of the finest pitching coaches around. It's not. It's it's not a lot of it is on the pitching coaches. You can only do so much from there. I, I
0: wouldn't just. I wouldn't automatic. I think automatically just going to, oh fire the pitching coach. I uh, I don't I don't believe in that but whatever it is just figure out what is the problem and try to address it whatever that problem is
1: uh the the, the um the point that, that somebody said horn pitchers have been letting up too many hits on oh two counts they need to try to make the hitters chase when they're up in the count like that uh the, here's where the point i was gonna make it's related to that um First of all, I don't think they're letting up, and I don't think they gave up a lot of hits on 0 2 counts. What happened was they had several 0 2 counts and 1 2 counts, and then there would be nibbling, trying to get them yeah. to chase, and it'd be off. The, next thing you know, you got a full count. Again, a much more learned baseball mind than mine, Keith Moreland, on the broadcast on Wednesday, we talked about the absence of the put-away pitch. That's the deal. Getting guys down. Consistently, one one and two, even two two. O two, one two, two, two. And whether you started at O two or started at O one and you get ahead one two, being able to get the put away pitch. And that's where they struggled yeah. in the two games there. That's one of the things that they dive into. That's one of the things all the analytics they do when they're studying the video. I mean, they're not for folks who are not sitting around, oh well they didn't go, let's go out and warm up and do that. No, they, the 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 diagnostics that go into how they analyze each pitcher, each style of pitches he throws, each batter that they face—all of those things—it's uh, it's pretty impressive to see the way they they break all of that down. But it's the science and the crucial nature of being able to get the put away pitch.
0: Yeah, it's just man, it, it's almost it almost boggles the mind how. The program went from, like, you go back to 2021. I was thinking about this yesterday. And you think about the way that bullpen was constructed. And you had some some good hands in that bullpen, but you knew if if you can at least get to the seventh inning, and with the way Ty Madden and Pete Hanson and Tristan Stevens had a great year that year, the way those guys were pitching, you get to the seventh inning, if you're an opponent, now you're dealing with Tanner Witt and or Cole Quintanilla. You get it to the ninth, and sure. Aaron, Aaron Nixon was as good as any closer in the country that mm-hmm. year. It's that security of knowing if we get the game to this point with a lead, we're going to be, we're going to be really tough to beat. And for the last two years now, you haven't, you haven't been able to say that. Like I said, it's almost get to the seventh inning with the lead and all right, let's just kind of hang on and hope, hope you did enough the first six innings that, that you can ride this thing out.
1: So, uh, you know, they'll, they'll be uh, doing their work, working on the things they have to during the course of uh, the weekend the uh selection show is on monday and we'll find out uh you know the uh, longhorns three opponents in the regional and where that regional will be played. Uh we do have a uh longhorn notebook coming up. We'll get to that.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll continue the the we'll continue the baseball discussion and We're going to
1: uh, hear from David Pierce yeah. on uh, on this as well. So uh the the, the
0: you, you know, the we'll, good thing here, Craig, at least this team doesn't have to play any more games with Globe life this year. And which sucks because the Rangers, the way they run mm-hmm. events there, they're so hospitable. Mm-hmm. It's it's nice to be there. The facility is great for whether it's media, team, fans, whatever. I love the parking situation. Like everything there is perfect. It's just man, this team just has not played well there at all in the five games they played.
1: Somebody said, Don't the coaches call the game, but we blame the players. There's a blame us on both sides.
0: Yeah, nobody's when you're when you're this bad, nobody is nobody's uh, there's plenty of blame to go over.
1: And we're saying the words this bad uh, six days after talking about them winning the Big 12 uh, share of the Big 12 uh, regular season championship. It's the up-and-down nature of the college baseball. Look at West Virginia now. They they looked outstanding. They were one win away from winning the whole thing, and they, they, they're they carrying a five-game losing streak. It's probably going to cost them the, the hosting spot. Oh, yeah. They, they've kind of been off the grid on that for the past few days for sure. They They definitely are not – uh, not hosting that, so uh, it's 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 both. It's it's uh, the 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 uh, pitches are called the, uh, uh, from the dugout, but the pitchers have the right to shake it any time and and go to something else. And then the pitches they're being called are pitches that the coaches know that their pitchers are best suited to execute. So that's where the responsibility then does fall on the player to execute the pitch because it's a pitch they either throw well. Or the best option in a given situation against a given hitter, it's multi-layered. And there's a and, 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 and that kind yeah, you know.
0: that guy goes back to my point. If I'm if I'm David Pierce, I got to take a really long, hard look at where that disconnect is, what's causing it, and and fix it. Because mm-hmm. when you get that 2024 season, your last year in the Big Twelve, you you can't have a third year in a row where your bullpen is just hanging on by a thread.
1: That's and it uh, is a quite frankly, a liability. Well, and now with injuries compounding it. Yeah, now I don't, new. man, I,
0: I, don't, I don't know what you do at this point, Craig. Especially if Shaw and Toll are done, I, I don't, I don't, I, there are no good answers. You're on the Argo plan. What's the best bad idea we have?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it says, no matter the details, the next 12 months we'll decide if we have a new crew leading the baseball team to the SEC or not. I don't, I mean, no matter the details, they're, uh, it's this is the coaching staff that's going to be uh coaching the team that's headed toward that. We'll, we'll see where it goes. Uh, so somebody said, Pierce's baseball team is just as frustrating to watch as shock as basketball and Herman's football teams. Was it frustrating last weekend again? A week ago, <laughs> That's why say try to stay off the roller coaster with your emotions, especially this deal.
0: with baseball, man. With base, but, but I, I get, I get that the, the fan base is frustrated, and, yeah. and they should be when you see your team go to and barbecue. yeah, and especially kind of just the, you know, polar opposite performances. I, I get that, I, I totally understand that. But me too. That's why any time you know, like when, when after the Oklahoma sweep, I said, look, it doesn't look good, but. You do have a lot of baseball left. Mm-hmm. That's that's the great thing about this game is you got time to get it figured out. And like you said, Craig, maybe the maybe for this team, maybe it's just getting back, getting some rest, get away from it for a day or two, and then get back and get ready for a regional. Maybe maybe that'll maybe that'll do the trick. I don't know. It's a Augie say all the time when when you think you've got this game figured out, it will humble you really quick.
1: He added the words, "the game." She's a cruel mistress. Yeah, I, so you know, there's that's... A, there's that. But
0: this this bullpen thing, it's beyond it's beyond the last two days. It's uh, and I don't know what you do at this point. There are no, I I don't see any good answers.
1: Uh, CB asked if Dylan Campbell gets hit in his next game, does he break the record? Yes, the Big Twelve record. The Big Twelve record. Yes, the Robin Ventura owns the college baseball <laughs> record, fifty eight in a row that he did, uh, thirty five in a row. Dylan Campbell in his final at bat yesterday getting uh, a hit in his 35th consecutive game. So that's by 10 better than the Texas record. He broke that. Uh, and um, now he's at 35. He's tied with Ty Wright of Oklahoma State from 2007.
0: And how many uh, How many in a row did Nolan Ryan get on Robin Ventura? He got a few noogies a four.
1: in on that. He got a few noogies in on that. He did. He did, all right. Uh, and CB, uh, where did the two uh, uh, term two and barbecue come from? It came from Omaha. Um, it it in Omaha, and they still do this every year. The each of the eight teams that go to the College World Series are, if you will, adopted for a week, uh, hosted by one of the civic organizations, like the Lions Club, the Kiwanis, the Civitans. They're they're all assigned a local civic group who's kind of their hospitality group, and they help make things a little bit easier for them during the stay there. One of the things they do is they give a team cookout or dinner for the team. And um, sometimes... They're unable to have that in the past. Now, they, the, the schedule's changed a little bit. They've been uh, unable to set up the cookout, which is usually, like I said, a barbecue, a cookout with barbecue, because uh, that's the easiest way out in, like, in a civic park at that time of year. It's a nice thing. I've, I've been to a couple of them with the Texas teams. One was done in a middle school, uh, like cafeteria. One's been done outside. and And it's usually barbecue, and it's a big deal. And sometimes they can't get it set up for the first weekend. So a team would go into Omaha, lose their two games, but they would still have their barbecue before they go home, hence the phrase two and barbecue. You'd have your two games. They lost their two games. They have their team barbecue. They wind up flying home. That's why. They've altered the schedule a little bit now so that it, that doesn't yeah. really have. Or there's flexibility put into the schedule to where, let's say, if the first team, you know, if they don't do it right before, if there's a team loss, because now they have opening ceremonies and all this other stuff that happens. That's where the phrase to and barbecue comes from.
0: And real quick, we're way past break, but, Dorch, I see your text. Hang on for the flex update. Hang on for the flex. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm saving it for them.
1: So. Yeah, we'll have that. When we continue with Light the Tower on the Horn, 104.9, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com
0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and member FDIC. Falling on Like the tower with Craig Webb and Jeff out.
1: We had not had the opportunity to pay tribute to the now late, great Tina Turner who passed away at the age of 83. But, uh, definitely one of the outstanding entertainers and rockers. Uh, she passed away this week. Uh, got a lot of things to get to. Jumping in right now into our Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. So... Uh, with the law, well, I thought I saw the quotes, and you were down there in the the postgame press mm-hmm. conference there from David Pearson, and I think they're very similar to what we're going to hear him uh, tell Roger Wallace in the postgame interview yesterday. But uh, uh, a matter of lack of execution on both ends, both with the pitching and also with the hitting as well.
0: Yeah, he said he said straight up he didn't like their approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, just thought they weren't staying through the baseball. Just basically not not doing kind of anything they worked on throughout the year and. Uh, you know, I asked I asked Eric Kennedy about it, and EK pretty much said the same thing. He said, "You know, la- I asked him about the, just the the contrast where it seemed like everybody was locked in during the West Virginia series." And he said, "I think last weekend we did a really good job of making adjustments and adjusting the pitchers." He said, "For whatever reason, this weekend we just kept making the same mistakes."
1: Yeah, yeah, and uh, as a result, they cost them Texas. It cost Texas. Here is the uh, post game conversation Roger had down uh, by the Longhorn dugout right after the game with David Pierce.
2: Take a look at that when we get back home and see where. What did you see from their guy uh, David that, that gave your offense trouble today? Well, I think you know, going into the game, we felt like we needed to get after him. He's a good pitcher, but we just didn't have a good approach, and he stayed slightly above barrels and created some fly balls and. He pitched. He pitched inside. He threw the changeup down and away, um, and he spun the breaking ball. But he just pitched and stayed on attack. And, you know, we had a poor approach against him. We had a lot of fly balls in a big park. And so we got what we deserved there.
0: Seventh inning, you get into a bind and then a tough spot with David having to take him out on a 3-0 count. Is that, that anything serious with him?
2: Yeah, probably. I mean, we've got a few injuries right now that we're dealing with, and we'll take a look at that when we get back home and see where David is.
0: That, that rest you're going to get, I know you didn't want it, but how important is it for some guys that are banged
2: up? Well, this time of the year, guys got to play banged up. But we have some injuries that really restrict some guys. And then we have some guys that are completely out, like Carlson, and potentially told we don't know where he is right now. So, yeah, it's not, it's not a good look right now. But at the same time, we'll get some rest and get some guys, at least on the field, hopefully Peyton and JT healthy and move from there. What is the plan for the next several days for you guys? Well, I don't know yet because we were planning on being here. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll get home this afternoon and uh, regroup and we'll work out all weekend.
0: I, I know it's about team, but this guy's
2: given everything he's had. Dylan Campbell had to be nice to see me tie tied the Big 12 record for a hit streak. I just think everybody was just like, great, he has an opportunity against the best closer in the league, and he dumps one in to keep that streak alive. It was pretty cool for him. And it's great for his teammates and the way they reacted. So uh, hopefully he can keep that going.
1: Yeah, I certainly hope so. And it happened in the final at bat to uh, extend the streak to 35 games. Now, uh, this business of hosting or not hosting the regional. And it's pretty much, and we can run over a little bit of this here coming up, it's pretty much uh, given by a lot of folks who follow the game, who cover the game, that uh, the hopes that Texas had for hosting a, a regional are now gone after losing those two games in Arlington. David Pierce does not agree, and you would expect the head coach not to, not to agree, but he said, this is a statement that he said before the Big 12 Conference tournament, before they even left town for the Big 12 Conference tournament, when Texas was already projected to host a regional and two of the three uh, big projection sites on that. And he felt that his team had merited the right based on their performance during the course of the regular season. So again, the question put to him, uh, Roger Wallace asked him after the game uh, also his thoughts about it. And Coach Pierce said, yeah, he still believes his team is deserving of and merits the opportunity to host a regional.
2: Yeah, there's just things right now that we can't control. We could have controlled it maybe a little more so by uh, more so um, showing up in the tournament. But at the same time, with a number one seed in the top three or four conference in the country, and so with that being said, I just felt like our body of work should prove that. But the committee has a tough job to do, and uh, they've got a, a, over 300 schools that they're got to worry about. And in this case, you know, getting the right guys in and putting people in the right spots. Uh, I don't envy their job. At the same time, I I think our body of work is. Speaks for itself.
1: Yeah. Well, so that's just talking about the fact that they were a co champion in the number three RPI rated conference in the country, that they were the one seed coming out of that would merit the right. Their RPI uh, was pretty good now. It, it took hits over the course it's 30,
0: of the, 30 as of this morning. Yeah.
1: It's taken hits over the last couple of days. And RPI isn't the only tool, but it is an important tool that the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee utilizes. It's different than basketball with net rankings. So RPI is still a big tool utilized by the NCAA.
0: And I asked Pete Hughes, the uh, K-State head coach, in the Mm -hmm. press conference yesterday, just kind of his opinion on the league because he's he's been in this league for a long time. And I said, do you you feel like the Big 12 deserves – Shot to host because there's a chance the last time a power five or I'm sorry, the last time a top four RPI conference did not receive a hosting spot was the Pac 12 in 2016. That's right. And I asked Pete Hughes, do you feel? And he said he feels like the Big 12 should get two.
1: He said he he
0: felt like West Virginia win or lose yesterday should host. He said they had three bad days in Austin and and maybe two bad days here. That doesn't that doesn't shouldn't knock them out. I think we all agree it, it probably has, most likely has. And then basically he said whichever one of Oklahoma State or Texas the committee wanted to take. But he felt like the Big 12 should get two. I think at this point, probably only getting one. Probably Stillwater, and that that's about it.
1: And and they're probably not locked in yet
0: in, True. in, in yeah.
1: terms of doing that. They've got an elimination game against Oklahoma. By the way, I don't show of hands out there if you stayed up late and watched the Oklahoma-Texas Tech game. The, uh, it was, not it. Yeah, it. it was something to behold. Uh, Tech coming back to win 10-9. Uh, and then I flipped over and I watched something else that I'll get into a little bit later uh, with regard to this whole college baseball thing. It's, wanna... it's kind of interesting and fascination. Uh, but but as of this morning, as the this morning, do you have the D one projections? I've around? got them right. In front I have the Baseball America. And ones. I still
0: D ones hasn't changed. They've got Texas as the two going to uh, actually going to a top eight going to Stanford. Yeah, and so I, and, and that's what
1: region. I think is silly there because at the start of the week, Texas was listed by D one. As a regional host, as the 16 seed. So how do you go, because of two games in a conference tournament, from being a regional host to having to travel to play at a top eight? Well, That's the part that I think is inequitable there. Baseball America has a different look, and I think this one makes a little more sense. They would have Texas as a two seed in Auburn, Alabama. Somebody's got to go out west. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh according to baseball America, they've got Stanford as a five seat. They got West Virginia going out west. Oh God, that's brutal. Yeah. They've got them they've got them going west, <laughs> but they've got you know, there's he, for you, ta- uh, you
0: boy, you talk about a you talk about a one eighty in, in about a two week span. Yeah. You go from Houston to now you now you gotta go from Morgantown, West Virginia to Palo Alto, California.
1: And that's the five game losing streak. Damn. You know, they didn't lose three in a row to end the regular season. See, there's I think is is a difference there. Right. Uh, the the other thing is, and if you're talking about travel, well, there's teams traveling from all over, or they have Oregon State going to Miami.
0: Think about that.
1: Uh, uh, with Miami, the number 10 seed. By the way, Auburn would be the number 11
0: seed according to Baseball America. D1's got Auburn as the 11 seed with North Carolina yeah. going to Auburn as the two.
1: Yeah. So anyway there's you know that's those are a couple of those regional projections uh as well for What can know, we what say about
0: means? those projections yeah. except at least it ain't Fayetteville
1: <laughs> No no it's not uh baseball america has uh, uh Arkansas they've got Oklahoma state
0: there uh D1 has DBU uh going to Fayetteville they still got Oklahoma state hosting Okay. Oh, oh, oh still uh, the Stillwater Regionals. Oklahoma State, Oral Roberts, A and M, and USC.
1: Okay. Okay. Um. And and how about this one? This is in Tuscaloosa, according to Baseball America. They got Alabama, the one. Dallas Baptist, the two. TCU, the three, and Samford, as the four.
0: Okay. So Tuscaloosa the, for D one is Bama, Alabama State, Southern Miss, Arizona State.
1: Okay. And the one in Auburn for Texas has the eleven seed Auburn one, Texas two, Troy three, and Ah, remember Fairfield (laughs) has the the four. Speaking
0: of which, uh, if you look at uh, the the at-large ladder D1 keeps track of, they've got among their last four in, Mm -hmm. Oklahoma and Kansas State are now among the last four in.
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, they're both in need of wins, especially Oklahoma after the last time. But Kansas State, too. A win today over Kansas would get them a 35 wins. It doesn't help them much in RPI. And I would think they would probably have to take at least one, if not both, games against TCU.
0: Unfortunately, I think my Bobcats are, are done for the year. They're going to have
1: to uh, – put it this way. If Texas State gets into the tournament as an at-large, they will have mightily earned it today – or tonight, they got to play Louisiana, who already beat them once yeah. in this tournament. So they have to play them in an elimination game. Then they'd have to beat Coastal Carolina twice tomorrow, the seventh-ranked team in the country. What does D1 have uh, Coastal as, as a, a C? What the are they? number 9 overall. Same thing here. Uh, and by the way, here's another team traveling coast-to-coast. Coast. In Conway, South Carolina, they have Coastal Carolina the one, North Carolina the two, U.S.C., not South Carolina, but it's in Southern California, the three, and Maine is the four.
0: Does anybody at Baseball America own a map?
1: And, well, that, <laughs> you know what? There's weird stuff that happens like that with the committee. You know, no, that, I get it. But. That old thing about 450 miles, the regional thing, that doesn't really hold anymore. They, uh, if,
0: if they own a map, you know, why would Texas be going to Palo Alto? Like to I said, some, somebody's got to go out west. Can you just make sure it's not? Three time zones over? Yeah. So,
1: <laughs> hey, in the immortal words of Tex Schramm, who, when it was revealed that the St. Louis Cardinals were moving to Arizona back in the mid-'80s, and they were going to stay in the NFC East, and Brad Sham asked him on the show, asked Tex Schramm, would it make more sense for the Falcons, who were in the NFC West at the time, for Atlanta to go to the NFC East and the Cardinals to go to the NFC West? One would think. Tex Schramm's answer was, well... Once you get on a plane, what difference does it make? God, you're on an airplane and you're flying. It's
0: kind of true, yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, what difference does it make? So, anyway, that's uh, there. It is. All right. Uh, when we come back, hey, it's incon- inconceivable time. It's Friday, so what? What? What does Friday mean, Cam? Flaccidity. I'm gonna reach for that low hanging fruit, baby. There it is. We've got a Florida man story along with some others. That's uh, next when we continue with Light the Tower on the Horn, 1049-1019-AM1260. We're live, local and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com.
0: Inconceivable. 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 You keep using the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means.
1: We plunge headlong into the weekend. Going to start it off with a pot story for you. Marijuana, yeah. So for those of you who were uh, into the 420 holiday last month, who um, are involved with what is it? Rod likes to say the sticky icky
0: drugs, bad.
1: He likes to say that. You should know that an infectious pathogen inside of California's pot farms is attacking cannabis plants and growing invisibly for months only to spoil a crop just as a farmer is ready to harvest. Scientists believe it's in, that it's in nearly every pot farm in the state of California and could be causing billions of dollars in damages to the national weed economy. So, so the
0: gone just tainted is basically what you're saying.
1: It's called hop latent viroid, H-O-V-D. Ew. Uh, it's... And, and it shrivels pot plants and reduces how much weight they produce by as much as 30%. It also...
0: Sounds like something you'd contract if you stayed in a certain unnamed city in northern Williamson County for too long.
1: You know what? It also destroys the amount of THC that a plant produces, well, greatly what, what reducing kind of the fun volume. is that? Yeah. So, you know... Just be on the work, uh, lookout for that sort of Cameron, thing. Cameron, you
0: writing all this down, making sure that's not going to ruin your weekend or anything? I think I'll
1: be okay. Okay. All right, that's just good. I'm, look,
0: I'm just looking out for you. That's good. I
1: appreciate it, though. Thank you, Joe. Um, that's what I'm here for. Speaking of chemically affected things, uh, we all remember... Jose Canseco? Uh, that happened 30 years ago today. The... Uh, Fly ball oh, went off seriously? his head in Cleveland. Yeah,
0: wow, that was a total shot in the dark when you mentioned Jose Canseco. Yeah, thirty years. Good on me then.
1: Thirty years ago today in Cleveland, fly ball doinked off the head over the fence. How for was a home he to run. deal with, by the way? He was he was an interview delight. Man. Think about it, his tell-all books. One and of my stuff favorite players as had a kid, and say. I,
0: I should have known something was going on. But dude, all I cared was this dude can hit like five hundred foot home runs.
1: He loved talking to the media. Mark McGuire, not so much. But but Ken Seiko did. He he really enjoyed that. Jose
0: leaned into the bit. I'll give him that. Yeah,
1: he did. Uh, okay, we all remember what happened, or at least a lot of us are older. Um, Cam wasn't alive for the time. Chernobyl, right? The nuclear. What year was that? Is that eighty? Eighty six? Yeah, I think it was. And and uh, we remember what happened. There. Well, for decades, scientists have been studying. Animals living in or around the closed Chernobyl nuclear power plant to see how the increased levels of radiation affect their health, growth, and evolution.
0: You got like mutant raccoons now, or what? Not far from it. Not far. Dogs.
1: Three hundred two feral dogs living near the power plant, and uh, compared the animals to others living ten miles away, and found remarkable differences. Uh, they, animals of all kinds have thrived in humanity's absence there, but they're kind of, a lot of them are bigger and kind of more feral and ferocious looking and faster and, uh, radiation is speeding up natural evolution.
0: Got an idea. Yeah. Hear me out. It's crazy enough to work. What if to cure our problem? And we do have a problem in Central Texas with an overpopulation of feral hogs, right? Yep. What if we took some of those feral hogs to Chernobyl, just dropped them in there, waited about a decade or two, and see if we can create like some kind of mutant hybrid species of feral hogs? How would that solve the problem? Well, it'd get the feral hogs out of here. It'd get the scientists something to do. Yeah,
1: but then you and the still have, have to... Have, the
0: hogs have plenty of room to run.
1: But you're still having to deal with them. There's nothing hogs. for them
0: to tear up. Everybody wins.
1: Okay. I'll keep that in mind. There. Huh. And we can pass that along. Mutant
0: feral hogs, Craig. Okay, Think about it. Uh, I Some will. marinate on that this weekend.
1: That's a band playing this weekend, by the way. I <laughs> know mutant feral hogs. Um, well, we had another... Uh, Dude deciding to open up a door of an airplane when it's still in, in the air. What's the problem, man? What is the deal with it? This one was on final approach to uh, Daegu, South uh, Korea. And it happened today, early because of the time zone, uh, Friday afternoon. Uh, Asiana Airlines. Um, Airline officials said a man in his 30s was sitting at the emergency. you know they come down and ask you, would you be willing to would you be uh, willing and able to assist in the event of an emergency? And you always say yes, they need a verbal yes. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you open the door while the plane's in flight. So the dude did it. It was on final approach. Man in his 30s sitting in the seat seemed to have opened the door when the aircraft was about 700 feet above the ground and two to three minutes from landing. Uh, just south of Seoul, plane did land safely. Man was arrested. They said he confessed opening the door, but did not say why he did it. Just wanted I to just take. Felt, his, just felt like it on a whim. Taking his responsibility seriously. Dude, you
0: should be hey. banned from air travel mm-hmm. forever. It's like if you <laughs> hit the reset button on the Nintendo in the middle of a game of Tecmo Super Bowl, and you're banned for yeah. life. You should be banned for life for trying to open the door. Where was the plane uh, arriving from, Craig? I Just didn't say. see where it was arriving okay. from. It, it was didn't. going to South Korea?
1: Yeah, it was landing. In, it's Asiana Airlines. Okay. So maybe a North Korean spy, you know? Yeah. yeah. Trying,
0: trying to jump out.
1: Um, okay. You know how you like to give uh, Gerald grief about the academic r- r- mm-hmm. uh, pursuits and stuff. Even though Florence also made that same list there. Iron
0: Gerald. Yeah. Cardin Gerald.
1: Uh, neither, however, and I, I can't believe that this school won't be rated lower the next time. Smoking for Jesus? No. No, they they have quite a good uh, academic record. Oh, private school, I'd imagine so. Yeah. yeah. You're familiar with Marlin High School near Waco?
0: Yes. I've been to Marlin.
1: Marlin High School was supposed to have its graduation this week. They have postponed it by one month. The reason why just 15% of its senior class... Has reached the requirements oh, to graduate. No, um, yeah, Yikes. fifteen uh, percent. And you said, "Well, what's the uh, or what's the uh, percentage? Fifteen percent? It can't be. That's probably like six kids." Well, they've got thirty-three students eligible that th- oh. th- that were going to graduate, uh, uh, or uh, thirty-three seniors. Only five were eligible. Five out of thirty-three. Damn, angry parents said that they were all told their kids were on track to graduate. So they come back and said, we're going to give them another month. Um, so they, this is a school that lost its accreditation back in 2020 for getting an F grade for accountability yeah. in 2019. So they are going to reschedule it there in Marlin uh, to try to get that, that going. Uh, on the plus side of academia, a man graduated college. Uh, after starting his degree, finally got there. You know, how, would you, how long did it take you to get done? All off and on, about seven years. Yeah, yeah. I was in for six and a half years. Um, I'm going to have a six year senior this year, that kind of deal. Jason
0: yeah. Way is taking his COVID year this yeah, year. Yeah,
1: yeah. So here's a guy that's graduating with his biology degree, which he started at Princeton, and he's finishing it. 54 years Good for him. Yeah. Actually, it's the University of British Columbia, uh, and he'll get his Bachelor of Arts degree today. He is now 71 years of age, is uh, the gentleman, Arthur Ross, and so he's going to get that. Uh, He beat the slowest time to graduate in the world, according to the Guinness Book of World Records, Robert Cronin, who began a biology degree at Princeton. In uh, 1948, graduated in 2000, so that was 52 years. He beat it by two years. He's a Guinness record holder as well as a college
0: graduate. I, I think that's so cool, man. When you know people, you get later in life, and not whether it's you know you need it for a job or you just want to yeah. finish, you know, cro- break the tape. I think that's so cool.
1: And finally, we have your Florida man story today. Omar Gutierrez, age 32, charged with one count of attempted murder. Really? Yeah, he was arrested. At home this week after authorities say he stabbed a roommate in the neck. Multiple deputies responded to this call. Single family home, northwest Gainesville, Florida. Uh, Victim called 911 reporting been stabbed. Two deputies forced entry in the home where the stabbing victim was on the floor bleeding. The suspect was still inside the residence. Yeah, they found the guy. He was in a cat costume. A onesie. A onesie. That's the the Florida Florida man uh, part of it going out there. He was in a cat costume, a onesie.
0: Go look, go do yourself a favor, kids. Go look up the George Carlin bit between crazy people and insane people. Uh-huh. That's where this guy crosses the line.
1: There it is. Florida man in cat costume arrested after stabbing roommate in the neck. He's in this onesie, big. It looks like a spotted leopard costume. They said a cat costume. So. That's your Florida man for your Friday. That's your Inconceivable for a Friday. And we have hour number two, Light the Tower, coming up on the Horn, 104.9-1019-AM1260 for live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com.